section ninety one of mysteries of london volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. mysteries of london volume four by george w m reynolds horrors it will be recollected that mrs mortimer was far from being unprovided with money her share of the spoil obtained from torrens still being in her possession with the trifling deduction of the few pounds she had expended in travelling clothes and maintenance during the interval that had elapsed since the occurrences in stamford street the bulk of the amount thus remaining to her had been carefully sown in her stays so that it had altogether escaped the notice of jack riley and thus the old woman was not destitute of resources but the sum in her possession was a mere trifle when compared with that which she had hoped to acquire from the forgery and she now resolved to leave no stone unturned no measure unattempted however desperate in order to accomplish her aim besides she longed she craved to wreak a terrific vengeance upon her daughter yes upon her own daughter for the remorse and the softer feelings which had ere now found an avenue into her breast when laura renounced her were only evanescent and short-lived we have moreover seen that this temporary weakness was speedily succeeded by the desperation produced by a terrible resolve to which her mind came as it were all in a moment impelled by this sinister influence mrs mortimer lost no time in repairing to rupel street where she found jack riley lolling in a chair smoking his pipe and enjoying a quart of half and half well my old tiger-cat what news he exclaimed the moment mrs mortimer made her appearance have you succeeded with your beautiful daughter very far from it was the answer and now she added ere the doctor had time to give vent to the oath which rose to his lips through the vexation of disappointment and now the matter has come to that extreme point when nothing but a desperate step can prevent the presentation of the genuine cheque to-morrow are you sure it will not be presented to-day demanded jack riley yes my daughter said that she should present it to-morrow responded mrs mortimer and i have every reason to believe that she will not go near the bank to-day in fact she was married this morning to a young italian nobleman whom she loves deeply and whom she will not therefore quit even for an hour on her wedding-day well and what do you propose asked jack riley fixing upon her a significant look which showed that he already more than half divined what was passing in her bosom are you man enough to risk all everything for the sake of that thirty thousand pounds which will become your share if we succeed demanded the old woman returning the look with one of equally ominous meaning i am man enough to do anything for such a sum he answered sinking his voice to a low whisper and laying down his pipe a proof that he considered the topic of discourse to be growing too serious to permit any abstraction of the thoughts then you understand me said mrs mortimer leaning forward and surveying him with a penetration which appeared to read the secrets of his inmost soul yes i understand you my tiger-cat replied the man and he drew his hand significantly across his throat well and will you do it she asked but it is your own daughter he observed shuddering at the atrocity of the woman's mind which could calmly contemplate such a fearful deed she has renounced me was the laconic answer 
nevertheless you are still her mother persisted jack riley i discard her for ever responded the horrible old woman well you astounded me at first said the doctor in a slow tone as he reflected profoundly upon the extreme steps suggested but i can look at the business with a more steady eye now i always thought that i was bad enough but by god you beat anything i ever knew in the shape of wickedness then you refuse you decline exclaimed mrs mortimer interrogatively while rage convulsed her entire frame for she dreaded lest the money should be lost and laura escape her vengeance by satan cried the doctor if you have pluck enough to propose i am not the man to refuse to execute the scheme but how do i know that when the critical moment comes remorse won't seize on you and you'll cry off when i have made up my mind to anything i am not to be deterred by difficulty danger or compunction answered the old woman i implored the ungrateful girl to give me a glass of water when i was choking and she refused what mercy can i have towards her none responded jack riley but you must enter into farther explanations old tiger cat because at present i'm pretty well in the dark relative to the precise nature of your plans and the way in which they are to be executed it's now four o'clock in the afternoon and we must settle everything without delay if it's to be done to-night it is for to-night said the old woman emphatically my daughter and her husband have taken a house in pimlico how many servants demanded jack riley i cannot exactly answer the question but i know that there is a french lady's maid and i saw an english valet who had been recommended by the house agent never mind who recommended him interrupted the doctor impatiently he is there and that's enough for us all i care about knowing is how many people we may have to deal with but the venture must be made at any risk observed mrs mortimer it is of the highest consequence to us to gain possession of the genuine cheque and put the holder of it out of the way added jack riley oh i understand your drift plainly enough but i wish to see my course clear because i'd better do the best i can with the notes under existing circumstances rather than get a bullet through my brain or find myself laid by the heels in newgate some time between this and to-morrow morning certainly certainly remarked mrs mortimer well upon what do you decide to risk the business answered jack starting from his seat and now i'll just go and take a quiet walk down into pimlico for the purpose of surveying the premises whereabouts is it westbourne place number something or another replied mrs mortimer well you can meet me again down in that neighbourhood at about midnight said the doctor where shall the place of appointment be in sloane square if you like observed the old woman good precisely at midnight and now be off because i am going to hide the bank-notes so that nobody may be able to find them during my absence said the doctor with a meaning look of course i need hardly tell you that if you are scheming or manoeuvring to get me into a plant down at pimlico you'll never go away alive to make a boast of it the idea that i should act in such a way is ridiculous returned mrs mortimer well there is no harm in giving you the caution old tiger-cat remarked the doctor carelessly so tramp off and be punctual to our appointment i shall not fail said the horrible woman who thereupon took her departure how she passed the remainder of that day we know not suffice it to say that the leisure time which she had for reflection did not induce her to change her mind nor swerve from her purpose on the contrary as she entered sloane square a few minutes before midnight it was with a determination to take her share in the awful tragedy which she contemplated namely the murder of her own daughter and the count of carignano 
bad and depraved as she was never in her life until this occasion had she thought so calmly and coolly of shedding blood for if on the previous day she had harboured the design of assassinating jack riley in order to regain possession of the bank-notes it was not without a cold shudder even though there was something like aggravation to inspire the idea but now she had brought herself or circumstances had tutored her to survey with a diabolical tranquillity the hideous appalling crime which she had in view and as she walked along she clutched with savage triumph a clasp-knife that she had purchased during the evening precisely as the clock struck twelve jack riley joined her well you have not altered your mind he said it is rather for me to ask you that question was her response oh i am resolute enough he observed and through the semi-obscurity of the night she could see his large white teeth flashing hideously between the opening in his lip i have taken a good survey of the premises he continued and know exactly how to proceed have you got any weapon old tiger-cat this she replied placing the clasp knife in his hand he opened the blade felt it closed it again and returning the knife to his companion said that will do but there is one thing that troubles me a little he added after a few moments hesitation and i'll be hanged if i can get it off my mind yet perdition sees it i am no coward either what have you to fear then demanded the old woman hastily why to tell you the truth but come along farther away from the lamps to tell you the truth as i was jogging quietly down sloane street just now continued riley glancing furtively around some one coming hastily up from a narrow street on the right-hand side passed just in front of me we almost ran against each other and i caught a glimpse of the fellow's countenance who was he asked mrs mortimer shuddering in anticipation of the reply vitriol bob was the answer i thought you were going to say so exclaimed the old woman but perhaps he did not notice you and even if he did i suppose you are not afraid that he will attempt any mischief whether he noticed me or not i can't say replied the doctor because the encounter was so abrupt so sudden that he was off again in an instant but if he did i am well aware that he is capable of anything however i don't mean to let that prey upon my mind i can tell you and yet it does seem to have depressed you a little said mrs mortimer well i'd rather it shouldn't have happened that's all ejaculated the ruffian forcing himself to assume a gaiety which he did not altogether feel for though no coward yet the incident of his meeting with his sworn foe in the manner described had troubled him doubtless the man's mind contemplating a diabolical crime was more disposed to superstitious terrors and to acknowledge the influence of presentiments than on ordinary occasions hence the vague uneasiness and undefined apprehensions that had seized upon him mrs mortimer caught the dispiriting effects of the encounter which her confederate had experienced with one of the most desperate ruffians in london and such a chill fell upon her mind that she was about to propose the abandonment of the scheme when jack riley suddenly exclaimed well thought of i have something in my pocket that will do us good with these words he produced a flask of brandy which he handed to the old woman who drank deeply he then applied it to his own lips and drained it of its contents now i feel all right again he cried as he restored the empty bottle to his pocket there's nothing like a drop of the bingo at a crisis of this nature nothing observed mrs mortimer assentingly for she likewise felt all her resolution or rather hard-heartedness suddenly revive under the influence of the alcohol now then let us proceed to business said jack i have got my own clasp-knife a darkie and a small jimmy he continued and blowed if it shall be my fault should we fail in the crack to-night 
and all that is to follow added mrs mortimer to whom the brandy had imparted a ferociousness which made her thirst as it were to drink her own daughter's blood the two miscreants male and female now proceeded in silence and as they entered westbourne place a lovely moon broke forth from behind a cloud hitherto dark and menacing this is the house said mrs mortimer when they came within sight of the dwelling where laura and the count of carignano were slumbering in each other's arms i know it old gal responded jack riley we must turn into the lane that leads down by the side of the premises come along quick there's a person approaching from behind and followed by the old woman he darted into the alley which separated the count of carignano's abode from the neighbouring row of houses at the back of the villa there was a small garden the boundary wall of which was of no great height and the doctor in the survey of the premises which he took during the evening had made up his mind to effect an entry in the rear of the building all is quiet he said in a low whisper to his companion i will climb on to the top of the wall and then help you up we will soon make light work of it but scarcely were these words uttered when a dark shadow appeared at the end of the lane and in another moment jack riley and mrs mortimer beheld a man hastening towards them the old woman instinctively drew close up to her powerful confederate for protection in case mischief should be intended and scarcely was this movement effected when the cause of apprehension was close up to the spot where she and riley were standing in the deep shade of the wall at that instant the moonbeams fell fully upon the man's countenance and a cry of horror burst from the lips of mrs mortimer as she recognized her terrible enemy vitriol bob simultaneously with that cry an ejaculation of rage escaped from jack riley who dashing the old woman away from him sprang towards the formidable foe but ere the sounds of the cry and the ejaculation had died in the air vitriol bob nimbly eluding the attack of the doctor raised above his head something which his right hand grasped and although the blow was intended for jack riley it fell with an ominous crash full upon the countenance of mrs mortimer who striving to escape but bewildered by terror was running across the lane in front of vitriol bob at the instant then oh heavens what a shriek of agony what a yell of indescribable anguish broke upon the silence of the night rending the air with its piercing sound and raising echoes of even more horrifying wildness throughout the neighbourhood vitriol bob fled in one direction jack riley in another and the old woman was abandoned alike by friend and foe to her wretched fate but see the lights gleam in the windows of the very villa which was to have been the scene of a horrible murder the painful yells which still continue to beat the air with their agonizing vibrations have aroused the count of carignano aroused also the lovely creature in whose arms he was sleeping the valet and rosalie likewise start from their respective couches and the young italian nobleman and the man-servant having hastily thrown on some clothing descend into the street the cries proceed from the lane they rush to the spot and there upon the ground they behold a female writhing like a stricken snake evidently in the most horrible tortures what can it mean they do not wait to ask the question but raising the wretched sufferer from the ground they bear her into the house her shrieks and screams lacerating their ears all the time and her contortions and writhings being so powerful that they can scarcely carry her along the neighbours have likewise been alarmed but none have imitated the example of the generous young italian and descended from their bedrooms to afford assistance they look forth from their windows satisfy themselves that aid is at hand and believing the uproar to be created by some poor woman in a fit close the curtains and hasten back to bed again in the meantime the count of carignano and his valet have borne the writhing yelling sufferer into the hall 
and laura descends the stairs with a candle in her hand she has thrown on a dressing-gown and thrust her naked feet into slippers and her magnificent hair floats in messy modulations and luxuriant waves over her fine shoulders and her ample bosom but scarcely do the rays of the light fall upon the countenance of the suffering wretch when the count of carignano starts back in horror exclaiming merciful god do my eyes deceive me is it possible laura dearest tis my mother cried the young lady hastening up to the spot where the old woman lay writhing and screaming fearfully upon the mat ah that voice said the dying mrs mortimer suddenly desisting from the outpourings of ineffable agony as the musical tones of her daughter fell upon her ears laura is it indeed you come near give me your hand i cannot see you my god i am blind the fiend the wretch come nearer i say oh i am dying and this is the beginning of hell mother mother exclaimed laura whose heart was touched by witnessing the appalling pain that writhed the form of the old woman forgive me my child forgive me gasped the dying wretch i came to but all is growing dark in my mind as well as my eyes forgive me i say forgive me o oh god she suddenly shrieked forth this this that i feel now must be death as these words fell from the old woman's tongue amidst gasps of agony convulsions seized upon her and she expired in the most shocking agonies End of section 91